The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and... Today's topic is the risk of reality, excuse me, the reality of risk, no risk, no reward, part two. The reality of risk, no risk, no reward, part two. We, we did a, a session last week. If you missed it, I'd love for you to go back and catch that as well. So that'll catch you up on what we're talking about. <laughs> and basically, we're talking about how to move forward and, and make this year the best year we possibly can. And as you know, on every show, it's my quest to help you be the best in sales, business, and life. So what we're going to do today is continue to talk about what do we need to do to move forward, to have an astounding year. And that was a quote by Michael Jordan. First of all, I mean, we all know he's one of the greatest basketball players who ever lived. And his quote stated, I can accept failure. Everybody fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. Fear is an illusion. And he is so right. As in many cases, we are paralyzed by the fear that if we call on that big company, if we call on the CEO of the company, if we try that business, if we ask that young lady out for a date, whatever it is, if 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 we fall short at it, it's going to be so painful, so embarrassing. Uh, how will I be able to live with myself? But guess what? The bottom line is this. If you fail at something, unless it's something extremely dangerous, you're not going to die. All you're going to do is learn a way something didn't work, and hopefully you'll learn a better way to do it the next time. Any time of my employees would come to me and they said they tried something that didn't work, I wasn't upset that it didn't work, that they took a risk. My first question to them was, what did you learn? Now, if they can tell me what they learned, we're going to have a good day. If they say, well, I'm not sure, then there's the possibility that they're going to repeat that same thing. And now we have to have another conversation to try to figure out what happened so it doesn't repeat itself. But risk is good. Risk is necessary if we're going to grow, if we're going to go forward. All right. And the interesting thing about this thing called fear, which is the, is the primary thing that keeps us from taking risk. They say 97 percent of the things that we worry about that we are fearful of happening never, ever happen. Ninety-seven percent of the things we are fearful of that prevent us from taking a risk never, ever happen. 
And the other 3% that does happen, worrying about it, being fearful was not going to change the outcome. So basically, 3%, I, I haven't done the math, but 3%, my guess is 3% of a year, 365 days, <clears throat> my guess is going to be around 12 days, maybe even 15, 12 to 15 days. <clears throat> if you determine that you have to worry, if you have to be fearful, if you have to procrastinate, if you have to not be willing to take a risk, my recommendation is that you just go ahead and take the first three weeks of the year off. And worry to your heart's content. As a matter of fact, my recommendation, my recommendation would be not to even get out of bed. Because if you got out of bed, something bad could happen. Worry about everything. All right? Health, finances, relationships, your business, everything you possibly can. But after those three weeks or the 15 days, get on with your life. Because we, as we just said... 97% of the things you worry about won't happen. As a matter of fact, really the odds are in your favor when you take risk. The odds are against you when you do not take a risk. And let me ask you a question. As you look back on your career in life to date, where do you wish you'd been a little braver, trusted in yourself more, and maybe even been less cautious in the chances you took? Does anything come to mind readily? And when speaking to people in their 40s and beyond, many tell me that if they could do their career over again, they would have taken more risk, settled less, and spoken up more often. In short, they wish they'd been more courageous in the risk they'd taken. And I, I love that word, courageous, because the definition of courage is moving forward in the presence of fear. Having courage is moving forward in the presence of fear. So basically what that means is <clears throat> you cannot have courage if fear is not present. So what we want to do is we want to talk about how do we move forward? How do we take those chances? Because their chances are they're going to pay off. But I want to talk about very quickly when and when weighing up whether to take an action that could leave you vulnerable to failing or some other form of loss, reputation, money, social standing, pride, you name it, we have an innate tendency to misjudge four core elements in assessing risk. So let's talk about those very quickly. Number one, we have a tendency to overestimate the probability of something going wrong. All right. So when assessing risk, potential losses tend to loom larger in our minds than potential gain. What I mean is we tend to focus more on what might go wrong, what we might lose or sacrifice than what might go right, what we may even gain. Because we fo because what we focus on tends to magnify in our imaginations, that causes us to misjudge and even overestimate the likelihood of it occurring. And whatever we think about most is going to happen. Whatever you think about most is going to happen. We've talked about that in presentations. We identified that if you're having a presentation and you say, I hope I don't trip going up the steps. I hope I don't forget what I'm going to say. I hope I don't start stuttering. You're going to do all three of those things because of what you planted in your mind. 
You're going to trip going up the steps. You're going to forget what you're going to say. And you're going to stutter. So we have to be mindful of what we plant and what we water. And the reality is that the risk of something not working out is often not near as high as we estimate. And the odds of it working out well are far better if we're willing to take the chance. So we overestimate the probability of something going wrong is one of the first and major things that can happen. The other thing is we exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it does go wrong. All right. We anticipate a major catastrophe. We come up with dire and dramatic worst case scenario images in our mind's eye rather than assume that we would act quickly to actually head off or even mitigate a situation from going too far off track. We imagine just everything spiraling, shockingly out of control while we passively are shunned by our family. (laughs) We are ostracized by our peers and society at large. You know, and I'm probably going a little bit too far. But the point is, we are neurologically wired to exaggerate how bad things could be if our plans don't work out. And we fail to appreciate our ability to intervene to ward off any further impact before it goes too far. I'll never forget when I first started uh, into real estate and I I acquired my first two properties, I I was calling my insurance guy to let him know, you know, to get some quotes on uh, policies for, for my property. And he told me, oh, my goodness, he said, I would not, I would not do um, rental properties. I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, because my sister's brother's cousin's niece's best friend had some rental property. And one of the tenants poured concrete down the toilet. So I would never buy, get property. Okay, so guess what? Because some lunatic somewhere in the world, I mean, the odds of that really happening is probably one in 200 million of, of tenants doing something like that, and probably even higher. I don't even know. But because of that, this person was trying to discourage me and showing me supposedly a worst-case scenario that could possibly happen if I rented property. Really? Really? Well, I obviously did it, and it turned out to be a a great thing. Yeah, you're going to have problems with anything anytime you're trying something, you're venturing. But it's never as bad as we anticipate it's going to be. So the second thing we talked about, we exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it goes wrong. The other thing is, number three, is we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. And this goes hand in hand with the above. But what we're, we're just talking about is we're more focused on our capability overall. If we are more focused on our capability overall to basically adapt and handle the consequences, we wouldn't par- be paralyzed. We would take the step. Understanding that, as I've said before, failure is an important equation in success. You cannot be, you will not be successful without having some failures. And what you will also find if you talk to anyone who's been extremely successful or if you read about anyone who's been extremely successful, they normally took a calculated risk 
and the success that they gained was just a step or two beyond one of the failures that they experienced. So too often we let our misgivings about whether we have what it takes to succeed get the better of us. The result is that we often avoid taking on new challenges because we don't trust sufficiently in our ability to rise to the challenge that they involve. And I told you last week about a young a young man who um, was going to take a job making half the money because he already knew that job and he was comfortable with it. And the six-figure job he thought might require him to, 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 to adapt and change and it might challenge him. And he, I convinced him to take that job, and as a result, he's now making six figures and cannot see himself going back. So we have to understand we got to be willing to take the risk. It's not going to kill you. All you're going to do is grow and realize you were really up for the task anyway. And the fourth one we're going to talk about, we're going to try to get into before the break, uh, we discount or deny the cost of inaction. And sticking with the status quo, there is a cost of comfortable inaction. I think it was President Kennedy. He said the cost of comfortable inaction far outweighs the cost of taking action. The cost of comfortable inaction, doing nothing, sitting and waiting for something to happen, far outweighs the course, the cost of taking action. So, you know, let's talk about that for a second. You know, we tell ourselves it's not so bad and we delude ourselves with the hope that our circumstances will somehow just get better over time and things will just sort themselves out with our finances. If we stay in the same dead-end job, if we continue to call on the same customers and we allow them to beat us up and erode our margins, if we just stay with the purchasing agent and not be daring enough to go up higher to a high-level executive in that company who can make, who actually makes the decision, we just feel it's better to stay where we are and everything will work out. So we come up with these, excuse, these excuses Why playing it safe and not putting ourselves at risk of failing or looking foolish is sensible. In reality, things that aren't working out well for us now only tend to get worse over time, not better. If we don't take a different course of action, if we don't take a risk. I'll never forget when I was working for uh, a corporation, I was introduced to an account that we had been pursuing for about seven years. And now I was introduced to the purchasing person and he told me the same thing that he told everyone else before me for the last seven years. He said, Ty, you're wasting your time. One of your uh, competitors is a client of ours. We only do business with your competitor as a result. Now, I listened to him for a year. I still tried to woo him and tried to persuade him. And I found out after a year that they were doing about $8 million in day-to-day business with my particular product. And it was going to my competitor. And I also identified that over the next three years, they were going to do $32 million in project business. And I had to get some of that 
But, you know, I'm going to hold that story because it is time for our first break. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you the rest of that story. And I'm going to tell you the outcome of what happened when I was willing to take a risk and go above and beyond that individual that had been blocking us for seven and eight years. So it's time for a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Want to be empowered to take your leadership skills to the next level in your business? Tune into A Sharp Outlook, Best Practices for Success, with host Angela Sharp, using industry-specific materials, toolkits, and expert guests from all facets of business. Our program will empower you to develop a strong core in your business leadership, infrastructure, growth, and technology. A Sharp Outlook airs live every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and our topic today is the reality of risk. No risk, no reward. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I was just sharing with you a story about when I was in sales in corporate America. Uh, we had a client that told us for the, for eight years or so that uh, one of my competitors was a client of theirs, and as a result, they only did business with that particular competitor. And I identified that they were doing $8 million a year just in day-to-day purchases, and also that they had, over the next three years, $32 million in project business. And I got to the point where I said, you know what, some of that money is mine. So because, you know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over but expecting a different outcome, if we continue to do the same thing and continue to call on this particular purchasing agent, we were going to get the same outcome because he was willing to take the path of least resistance, which is what I found. So at any rate, I made the decision to take a risk, and I went up to the highest level person in that company. That person 
was familiar with my organization, my, my, the company I work for, and he looked at us quite favorably. And as a result, within six months, he facilitated approving a national purchasing agreement with me. And within 11 months, they were doing business with us, buying a ton of our product. And the, I guess what I'm saying is, if I had continued to call on the lower-level person, I would have continued to get the same amount of orders, which were none. And I have to tell you, I had a conversation with the individual after the fact. And, you know, I said to him, I said, Steve, you know, I just wanted to share with you that for eight years now, we were calling on you and you kept telling us the same thing, uh, that you only do business with my competitor who is a client of your company. And I, and if I didn't do what I did, my boss would have found someone else to do it. And then what I found out really several years later was that what he told me was not really true. It was just that he wanted to take the path of least resistance because he didn't want to have to learn a system, a new system. He liked things at, that were status quo. And if he invested in my products or services, he would have to learn something new. That would be a burden on him. So it wasn't even about what was best for his company. So you, we have to get comfortable taking risks. That's the only way we ultimately get what we want. And sometimes to help the other people, we have to take a risk to help them get what's in ultimately in their best interest, which my belief was my product was it was what they needed. And they conceded to that as a matter of fact. So we discount or deny the cost of inaction and sticking with the status quo. Those are the things that can get us in trouble. And what I want you to do is I just want you to ask yourself a question or several questions regarding where you are with taking risk. All right. So how do we overcome our tendency to just play it safe and identify which risk are worth taking? Ask yourself these questions. Number one, what would I do if I were being more courageous? What would I do if I were being more courageous? I want you to have a, a little work-study session after you listen to this particular show and really just ponder this. What would I do if I were being more courageous? And number two, how will inaction cost me one year from now if I do nothing different? How will inaction cost me one year from now if I do nothing different. And also, number three, where is my fear of failure causing me to overestimate the size of risk, underestimate myself, and holding me back from taking risks that would serve me, my business, and my family, as well as my customers greater? Where is my fear of failure causing me to overestimate the size of risk, underestimate myself, and holding me back from taking risks that would serve me, my family, my business, and my customers greater? And whatever answers you come up in your mind, take notice. They're pointing you to a brighter future that you can only create when you commit to taking bolder, more decisive and courageous actions. Will there be risk involved? Yes. 
Will that be failure? Possibly. Probably. But remember that you're wired to both overestimate the size of the, the risk and to underestimate your ability to handle them. All right? And I think it, it was, it was uh, Confucius that said, you are capable of more than you think. But you'll never know if you do not push yourself. So let's talk about what it is we have to do and to, to, to first understand why is it we are afraid of, of risk. And we talked about this before, but I want to talk about also where do we get the ability to endure risk. But we talked about last week some, some things that could cause us to avoid risk was we already failed at something once. So as a result of that failure, wow, that hurts so much, I'm not willing to take the chance again. Uh, it could be a failed uh, business scenario, a failed sales opportunity where you put a whole lot of effort into this big opportunity and it didn't work out So and you didn't make any money. So as a result, I'm not calling on big companies anymore. I'm not calling on presidents of organizations anymore. Uh, it could be a, 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 you saw that it didn't work for someone else. And so as a result, you don't think it would work for you. And I tell you, as I mentioned last week, there are a lot of things that I decide I want to do I think um, will, I could be successful at, and people will try to talk me out of it. No, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I just don't see how that would work. They tried to talk me out of my initial business and sales. I just don't see how, why people would be paying for training, Ty. I mean, but we have to understand they don't understand your vision. They can't see your vision the way you do. Uh, it's a good thing, really and truly, that uh, Stephen Jobs did not talk to me about the iPhone because when he came out with the iPhone, I think it was in 2008, I'm like a computer company trying to develop a phone. Really? Really? Come on, man. Are you serious? Don't do that. That doesn't even make sense. That's out of your, that's out of your arena. That's out of your norm. I am so glad Stephen Jobs did not listen to me because I love his phone. I love his phone. It, is, it, has, it has revolutionized telephones or cell phones. So we can't always listen to other people, all right? So let's talk about where do we get the ability to endure risk. There are several places I've identified where we really get better at just understanding risk and being willing to take it. Some, in many cases, I found that it can be based on your background, the family you grew up in. I have seen there are some families where the grandfather had a business and it was passed down to the father, passed down to the son, or either the grandfather had a business, the father had his own business, the daughter had a business. So it's just a part of that family where they, they own their own businesses. Or the grandfather was in sales, the father was in sales, the, the mother was in sales. So all their children are in something, either an entrepreneur or they're in sales or something, that they're okay with the risk of not having a regular paycheck. Because they know with sustained effort, they will reap the reward. And you notice I didn't say sustained ability. Because a lot of times we can have ability. And I've seen it all my life. 
where there are people who have tremendous ability, but because they don't put forth effort, the ability equals zero. And, you know, basically growing up, there were uh, guys who were probably smarter than me and they had a whole lot more ability. I just didn't see them put forth as much effort as I was willing to put forth. And as a result of me putting forth more effort, I accomplished as much, if not greater things. So ability without effort equals nothing. But you can have less ability and put forth a whole lot of effort, and you will be absolutely amazed at what you can accomplish. Also, you'll identify that there are people who are successful just based on life experiences. They grew up in really tough environments where they had to think fast on their feet. I mean, that was a situation for me growing up in the projects. It was it was a, a daily thing where it was extremely dangerous. So getting up and leaving your house could have been dangerous. You know, you have people who've gone to the military and then ended up in Afghanistan or uh, Iraq or Iran or in any of these places where they were fighting and they had people actually shooting at them. So as a result, when they get back here, I mean, the worst thing somebody can say to you is, no, they aren't shooting at you. So they understand risk. They understand that, you know what, on this side, in the United States, in business, in sales, in life, if you make a mistake, if you take a risk, the chances are you're not going to die. So life experiences can, can help you become more in tune with being willing and able to take risk. Also, training. I recommend highly that you, you look to get training and development in areas where you're concerned about it. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we come back. It's time for us to take another break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network game-changing technologies are transformational exciting and disruptive for a reason they shake up the status quo they get you thinking about new ways to scale compete and grow they move you in amazing new directions you're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynardgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey there, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and today's show is The Reality of Risk, No Risk, No Reward, Part 2. We had another show last week, which was Part 1, that uh, you probably want to go back and check out. So you have the whole series and you can understand what we're talking about, of what we need to do in order to make this upcoming year our absolute best. You know, because we all start out excited, right? We all start out, oh, this is going to be the best year. You know, then two months into it, we have, we've thrown in the towel and we just don't want to do that. So I'm giving you uh, tips, techniques, tools, ideas to help you, to help you make this the best possible year. Okay, before the break, we were talking about where do we get the ability to endure risk. And I was talking about some of us grew up it. We, we grew up with it. We saw it in our families. Uh, we saw that uh, our parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, they were risk takers in some form or another, either in sales and business. They were, they were entrepreneurs. They were, they were trailblazers, all right? Also, we're talking about life experiences. It could be based on how you grew up. Uh, you were in the military, so your, your life was at risk all the time. So when you came back to the States, it was nothing for you to be willing to take chances because these chances did not risk your life. So, um, and we're talking about training. The last thing we're talking about training, be willing to get training. All right. What you don't know, someone already has that knowledge. And as I've said several times before, who you associate with, who you network with will determine who you network with will determine your net worth, all right? So get the training. Either go to classes or whatnot. Uh, as I mentioned, anytime I wanted to venture into something and I didn't have the knowledge, I wanted to improve my odds of being successful at it. So I would find either a workshop to go to. I would find a mentor. I would find someone or something that could help me improve my odds of being successful at whatever I was going to venture out into. All right, so, and I'll give an example of something. Even if your company is not willing to to provide training, you invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. I mean, and I'll give you an example. I had a young man that was uh, participating in one of my training sessions. This was several, several years ago when I first started my company, uh, almost 19 years ago. This gentleman came up to me during one of the breaks, and he said, Ty, I'm pursuing this company that, can be really, that, that has potential to be really large one day, but I have some uh, people in the lower level. They are trying to block me because they really want to do business with one of my competitors. And I said to him, uh, what if you lose this battle to ultimately win the war? And he said, no, nah, Ty. He said, whoever wins this battle wins the war. Then I said, well, you have no choice but to go around these people. And he looked at me at like I said something profane about a family member. Uh, he said, no, I can't do that because they'll be mad at me. And I asked the question, 
I said, are you in, in sales to create friends or customers? And he said, huh, well, I guess customers. I said, okay. I said, have you ever received a commission check for coming in second place? And he said, well, no, I've never received a commission check when I came in second place. I said, I read a book one time, and I really didn't even need to read the book because the title of the book said it all. He said, what was the title of the book? I said, the title of the book was Timid Salespeople Have Skinny Kids. And he said, so who should I go to? I said, you, you have to go as high as possible. He said, the CEO? And I said, well, why not? So he sent the CEO a couple of uh, emails, and after a couple of emails, the, the CEO agreed to see him, and they had a couple of meetings. Then the CEO sent a message down to the people below him that was giving him the hard time and said to them, give this gentleman an opportunity. And in a matter of about, I know, at least 15 years, he sold them over $300 million worth of his product just because he was willing to get out of his comfort zone and to do what was not comfortable but probably most profitable. And I saw him for a while, and, and I would always say to him, and by the way, he's a multimillionaire, and that company that grew to be one of the biggest companies in America, and I would say to him, you know, suppose for a moment you had let fear paralyze you and you allowed fear to present, prevent you from taking the risk of going around these individuals that were trying to impede your success. I said, how different would your life be now? He said, oh, I don't even want to think about that. Because as I've mentioned uh, in, in, in the past, now as a result, his children can go to any college they want to. Uh, his grandchildren can also, and probably his great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. And we have to be willing to do what's uncomfortable in order to get the outcomes and the results that we want. And as I said earlier, we'll be amazed how many times you're actually going to succeed. And it won't be painful. And if it is painful, if you fail, you're not going to die. I'm going to keep repeating that. If it is painful, if you do fail, you're not going to die. You read about anyone who's been tremendously successful and they fail. They fail short. As a matter of fact, you'll find that some of the most successful people Failed often. They went bankrupt. They lost their home, but they bounced back because they understand that failure is a part of the equation of long term consistent success. So we have families we grew up in, life experiences, actually training. And another thing I really encourage you if you don't have a mentor right now, I encourage you to find. Someone who's doing extremely well with what you desire to do or what you're currently doing. And don't be afraid. Take the chance. You'll be amazed how many times people will be willing to help you if you will only ask. I found that for myself, and I just want to pass it on. I've called some people, and they were, they were honored that I wanted to learn from them, that I wanted to sit at their feet. And once you be, you start hanging around these types of individuals, your mind expands, and it can never go back to its original size and shape. Okay, now and also cultures. I found, as a matter of fact, in some cultures, risk is just a part of it. You know, you can go to some some uh, islands or some countries, and they're just 
risk takers. They are entrepreneurs. They're business people. And they just don't know any other way. So bottom line is nothing ventured, nothing gained. And that was um, a book that I read and I highly recommend it. It was called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Outwitting the Devil. And uh, it's not a a religious book or, or anything like that, but basically, for all practical purposes, the devil is anything, anyone that's trying to prevent you from being all that you can be, all right? And in many cases, our greatest enemy is ourself. Our greatest enemy is our own mind. And in, in most instances, the greatest victory we can ever have is over ourselves. So we have to defeat our mind, our old thinking, and just understand that, as Michael Jordan said at the beginning of the show, in, in the quote that he gave, fear is an illusion. The majority of things that we are fearful of, we are worried about, are not going to happen. We improve the odds, the odds of them happening if we do nothing. If we do nothing. Fear was ultimately instilled in us to create action, not paralysis. So, if you're going to have a meeting with this big company, instead of preferring to not have the meeting, why don't we practice for the meeting? Why don't we role play for the meeting? Why don't we do uh, more research on the people that we'll be calling on? Why don't we establish coaches as coaches who have or a coach who has inside information on the organization and the people that we'll be calling on so they can prepare us and prep us for our meeting? Instead of not having the meeting, why don't we do those things uh, instead of not giving the presentation or refusing to give presentations because you feel you get exposure and your boss may realize what you, how much you don't know, why don't we just study? Why don't we practice? Why don't we get in front of the mirror and rehearse? Why don't we record ourselves, video ourselves, uh, record ourselves on the audio tape so we can practice and, and listen for our voice inflection so we can look at ourselves to see if we're smiling, if we look confident. All of those things can help us prepare to be our possible best. So your enemy, your greatest enemy can actually be yourself. It's not, it may not even be your competition. Okay. It, it, it could be you because of your thinking. And, but at any rate, in this particular book, he was so-called interviewing the devil and, and the devil said, you know, one of my greatest tools is fear. Because he said, and, and, and fear of failure, because he said, if I can get someone to fail two to three times, the, the thought of failing is so painful to them, they would rather sit in poverty than take the chance of failing again. Not realizing that failure is a part of the success equation. And they also identified two types of individuals that we're going to talk about. Uh, we, we have a, a break coming up, but I, I'll, I'll kind of 
tee it up for you. He talked about two types of individuals, which we're going to kind of go through very quickly when we come back. He talked about drifters and non-drifters. And you have to determine which type you are. Are you a drifter or are you a non-drifter? Okay? So I want to talk very quickly about non-drifters that'll take us into the break. But here's some characteristics of a non-drifter. You're always engaged in doing something definite through some well-organized plan, which is definite. He talked about something called definiteness of purpose. Definiteness of purpose. All right? And he also said someone who is a non-drifter has a major goal in life towards which they are always working. And many of their minor goals, all of which lead toward a central theme, a central scheme. All right? So in other words, they have a major goal in life towards which they are always working. They're focused. They're not vacillating going back and forth. All right? And... The tone of their voice, the quickness of their step, the sparkle in their eye, the quickness of their decisions clearly mark them as a person who knows exactly what they want and they are determined to get it no matter what. No matter how long it takes, no matter what the price they must pay. So these are some aspects of a non-drifter. So uh, they're always engaged in something, doing doing something definite. They have a well-organized plan, which is definite. They have major goals they're always working towards. Their tone of voice, quickness of step, everything lines up, all right? And they're going to do what it takes no matter what. So think about that, and I'll share some more when we come back from the break. We're about to take our final break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. And you're listening to us on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and our topic today is the reality of risk, no risk, no reward, part two. We had another show uh, prior, uh, which was part one that you definitely want to check out, and just now we were talking about a topic of someone called a non-drifter, and this was by Napoleon Hill. Uh, and this this uh, basically was talking about someone who has what we call definiteness of purpose. All right. So the, another aspect of this individual is they will be found up front, whether they're playing a game or fighting a war. In other words, this individual in life chooses to be a participant and rarely a spectator. All right. They they want to make things happen instead of watching things happen and even worse wondering what happened. All right? So they're trailblazers. They're trailblazers. So that's what we would call a non-drifter. And there's there's one thing they talked about which was purpose, definiteness of purpose. And you've heard me talk about purpose in probably several shows because that's such a critical element to anyone I have ever met or read about that is consistently successful. The definition that I've, I use for purpose is someone or something that if you had to face in defeat, facing that person or the situation in defeat would be more painful to you than the cost to be successful. In other words, you will do whatever it takes to keep from experiencing failure. And even if you, even if you fail, you're going to get up and you're going to try it again. So do you have a purpose? Do you have something that you just plain have to accomplish to prevent you from facing someone in defeat, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a teammate, your boss, your wife, your husband? What is it that's going to cause you to give it the extra effort? Go that second effort, even when you're tired. You know, Vince Lombardi said fatigue makes cowards of us all. So even when you're tired, what are you going to do? Because that success you desire is just a couple of steps away. It's one more call. It's just a call away. It's just one client away. You never know. The next one you call could be that client that hits your quota for the year. Last year when I started this, one of my students called on one company and she, she wrote me about this, it fulfilled her quota for the year. Now, suppose for a moment she felt defeated, she felt tired, and she didn't make that one extra call. The outcome would have been completely different. All right, so I want to talk about a drifter very quickly. You're talking about non-drifters. Let's talk about a drifter. All right, this person will be conspicuous by their lack of self-confidence. And we've talked about this before. Your clients, 
your customers, the people you associate with, they are attracted to confidence. People can pick up on it. And then when they sense it, it's, it's something that they're attracted to. If they don't pick up on confidence, conf, if you, they pick up that you lack confidence, then we naturally have a tendency to reject people who don't appear to be confident in whatever their trade or their, their expertise is. All right. So they lack self-confidence. All right. Uh, they are not willing to put forth the added effort to accomplish something great. And uh, there's another book I would highly recommend you, you get as a book. We're talking about extra effort. Uh, it's called The Go-Getter. All right. And I can't remember the guy who wrote, wrote it, but check out this book called The Go-Getter. You, you will see what extra effort will get you. All right. And. Another thing is they will lack little or no imagination. If you can't, if, if they look at something, they can only see what's there. And what I try to do is I try to encourage you to see what's not obvious to everybody else. All right? Look with your mind's eye. How creative can you be? How creative can you be? So don't, don't just look at what's obviously in front of you because there's probably a way around it over it, under it, through it, with sustained thinking. Okay? They say they would be ill-tempered and lacking in control over their emotions. The one of the things that you have to have in order to be consistently successful, you have to be able to control your emotions. You have to be. Because that's the thing that, that's the thing that makes you want to quit. All right? You can't see past how you're feeling. And I don't want you to follow your heart. Sometimes you just plain have to lead your heart. The bottom line is sometimes to be successful, it's a choice you make. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on the economy. I and many other people I know and, and I've associated with have had the best years, made the most money, made the most sales in a down economy. And it's because they refuse to listen to the doom and gloom that everyone else was listening to and bought into. So it's time for us to, to end this session. And I tell you, I love this, this show, and, and I thank you for, for listening. And if you are just tuning in, uh, you can podcast the shows, get all of them, because I have some exceptional guests exceptional wisdom and insight and if you once you listen to the other shows you'll realize all of the guests that I have on my shows they're successful and they will all tell you that they failed they fell short at something they will all tell you that they took risk and the thing that caused them to be successful was that sustaining and just refusing to relent refusing to give up and if you want to start your year off and make it the best year possible, if you're looking for coaching, I want you to give me a call. I want to help you the way I've helped thousands, tens of thousands of sales and business professionals around North America and other parts of the world. If you have a sales organization and you have sales professionals that need exceptional training, training that is applicable, they can walk out the next day and start making things happen. Give me a call or send me an email. You can give me a call at 888-605-1040. That's toll-free, 
888-605-1040. My extension is extension 102, or you can speak speak to someone else, and they'll take the message, and I'll get back to you. We'll do our best to help you, all right? And if you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. And we want to help you in your quest to make this year the best year possible. We're going to continue to bring you exceptional information. We're going to continue to bring you skills, uh, skill-based information that can help you with the hard skills, with the soft skills. We're going to continue to encourage you to help keep the right mindset. We're going to help you periodically through the year do a checkup from the neck up just to make sure you're thinking right so you can be all that you can possibly be. And our time is up again, and I thank you for listening. Tell others about the show. And in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.